You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Blue Jays reporter, Gregor Chisholm. And, Gregor, as we get close to February and closer and closer to pitchers and catchers reporting down to Florida, uh, time to start looking at, at some of the possible battles we'll see during spring training. And and a year ago, we saw Dalton Pompey in spring training hoping to win a job in that outfield. Kevin Pillar ends up getting that job. But this year, Pompey, really, he's going to be back at it, right? But not center field, more left field in 2016. Yeah, exactly. And, and he has a shot. Uh, you know, it does seem like Michael Saunders is going in as kind of a clear-cut uh, favorite in left field. But uh, Pompey could really, uh, you know, push for that job in, in spring training as well, and especially with Saunders uh, you know, the injury history there, I'm missing all of last season, essentially, uh, you know, he has a lot to prove. So, uh, you know, there is a, a shot for Pompey to come in and seize that job. And, and what I think he really needs to do more than anything is, is not put too much pressure on himself. I think he got caught up last year in that whole competition for center field. Uh, he went in as the favorite, and I think he, he let that uh, pressure get to him a little bit. And I think he tried to force the issue. And, and ultimately, uh, it had to turn into another development year for him. But, uh, you know, the opportunity is there for him uh, again this year. I know a couple of years ago, Pompey flew through the minor leagues. I think he hit three stops along the way. Um, did he Did he maybe move too quickly? And last year was kind of a chance to catch his breath and realize, okay, the majors are a different level here. Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, you, you talk about that year, they went through all three levels and then, you know, ends that year in the big leagues and, and really used the two strong weeks in September to essentially become the favorite uh, to start the following year. And, uh, you know, they really did advance his timeline. Uh, we've seen the Jays do that uh, before with some of their young outfielders, like, you know, Travis Snyder back in the day. Uh, it doesn't always work out, but uh, in this particular case, you know, it, it's really important to remember that this is still a really, really young guy and under normal circumstances uh, wouldn't have got to the big leagues as fast as he did. So the, the fact that he had to go back down to the minor leagues last year and really figure some things out uh, isn't a bad thing at all. And, and, you know, I don't think it would be uh, a bad situation for him to, for him to start this year in, in AAA Buffalo as well and, and really kind of continue that development because he's, he still has a long career ahead of him. And if he doesn't fit in on opening day, uh, at some point he's going to become a very, very important depth uh, piece for this organization because at the very least he's going to be the, you know, the first line of defense in case any of those starters go down with an injury. Yeah, and at some point, for a baseball player, you always have to experience that that failure and, and have to adapt to that, and he's gotten that chance to do that. Still plenty of tools in the tool chest for Dalton Pompey. All right, another thing that the Blue Jays are going to have to figure out during spring training is who's going to lead off for this team because they had Ben Revere, obviously was, was one of those four outfielders they had or five outfielders that they had. He was a clear-cut guy who's capable of leading off, but they trade him away to get help for that bullpen with Drew Storen. So who are the candidates now, and are, are, is there a chance we see Troy Tulowitzki leading off for the Blue Jays? I think so, and to me, he's, he's really the clear-cut guy uh, to be the number one hitter. And, you know, we, we saw a, a bit of that last year when he first came over. Uh, you know, John Gibbons made that move uh, to make Tulowitzki the leadoff guy, and it, it didn't really work out. 
uh, at that particular time. I mean, Tulewitzki was dealing with an awful lot. He was dealing with that transition to a new league, new team. Uh, the performance wasn't quite there at the start. I don't really know if that was necessarily necessarily related to the leadoff spot, though. I, th- I think he did have a little bit of apprehension about it. Um, might not have embraced it quite like some people would have expected, but I think there was a lot of factors at play. And, and from a Blue Jays' perspective, uh, you don't need speed at the top of the, that lineup because you're not going to have a guy like Revere uh, running around the bases when you have Donaldson and Batista and Encarnacion coming up. Uh, you really want a guy that has a high on-base percentage, and, and Tulewitzki, uh, probably more than anyone else uh, in that lineup, can be he's more of a traditional middle-of-the-order bat, but he can also get on base and at a very good clip. And, and if you have Donaldson and Batista coming up right after that, uh, to me, that's a very good mix to have. And, of course, in any with any team, you're only really leading off the first at-bat. After that, he would just fit in in front of those guys and, and be a powerful bat like he can. Uh, we wanted to take a chance to talk about some of the Blue Jays' prospects who are, who are on the way eventually. Um, obviously, Toronto has had to deal away a lot of prospects to, to get players and, and to add into this team that, that won this division a year ago. But there are still some bright guys down there, maybe not on the cusp, but a couple of years away. One of those guys, Jonathan Harris, uh, 22 years old. He's a right-handed pitcher, and he was their first-round pick just last June, 29th overall. He's a college arm, which you generally think a college arm is going to move a little bit quicker. Uh, He struggled in his debut, though. Are the Blue Jays still high on this guy as far as his future as a starter? They are, I think, and, and I think now that he's going to have an opportunity to come in and actually have a, a full season within the organization, I think that's going to uh, do him well. Uh, you know, what you touched on there, the fact that he can come along relatively quickly is going to be something that's good for this organization because they are lacking that talent in the upper levels in the minor leagues. And, you know, he'll start off lower, but it probably won't be too long uh, before he moves up through the system. And, you know, he's not going to be a factor in 2016, obviously, but, you know, at some point during the 2017 season, uh, he might be a guy who they can look at as an option. And so uh, I think that quick timeline uh, does fit in well uh, with the rest of that organization because they do need uh, that pitching depth after, uh, you know, the guys that they've seen kind of escalate to, to the major leagues over the last couple of years, guys like Osuna and Aaron Sanchez. Uh, a lot of their prospects have graduated, and they need that next level to kind of come in now and, and flow into the system as well. I think teams tend to throw out those numbers after a guy's drafted. Uh, Harris went 0-5 with a 6.75 ERA, 36 innings. But when you think about a guy who pitched a full college season, then gets drafted, then has to travel to a team, I think the teams are just happy to have these guys throw, and they certainly got that out of Harris. Now, when you look at his ceiling, what do the Blue Jays think he can be? Can he be a top-of-the-rotation kind of guy? I don't think he's a, a top-of-the-rotation kind of guy. You know, I, I think what you sometimes see in some of those college arms, uh, you know, the upside might not be quite as high as some of the, the high school arms that go before, uh, but there's maybe a little bit more uh, certainty in the picks. And so, you know, I think he, you know, if he, if he caps out, he's probably looking at more of a, a mid-rotation starter. Uh, but he is very polished. Uh, you know, he's a guy that has a nice mix of pitches, uh, seems to throw them all uh, for pretty good command as well. Uh, and so, you know, you might sacrifice some of that upside to have a guy that you think that in a few years' time you're going to be able to, to slot him in with a little bit of as much uncertainty that you can get with, with the guy that you're taking, uh, you know, in, in the late first round. Uh, there, there's there's a, lot of, uh, a lot of potential there. 
Another one of the Blue Jays' top young players in the system, Anthony Alford. He's 21. He's an outfielder. Um, and I think he's one of the more fascinating prospects in all of baseball because of, of the history. He was a third-round pick in 2012, but he was a two-sport star in high school, and he actually ended up playing college football and then in the summers playing for the Blue Jays. But obviously that limited the amount of time he could spend in baseball when he had to get back to football every year. So now that he's focused on baseball, are, are things going to quicken for Anthony Alford? I think so. And, you know, I, I remember that draft year uh, quite well, and it was a little bit controversial, the, the Jays making that move. And it was a gamble on, on Alex Anthopoulos' part to, uh, to take a third-round pick on Alford because by all accounts, he was a first-round talent, but everyone had expected him to, to go and play football. And the Blue Jays essentially signed him to a deal where they were okay with that, and they were essentially gambling long-term that he eventually would have to give up football uh, in favor of baseball. And while football was his first, you know, his, seemed to be his first choice, he went and played college, it didn't really work out for him. And so now here he is uh, playing baseball full-time. And, uh, you know, 2015 was really his kind of first opportunity to do that in the full course of the season. And, you know, the talent was always there, but you would expect it to be a little bit more raw, actually, than, than what he showed. He, despite limited action over the few years prior to that, uh, you know, he really hit the ground running and, and was a guy who really came on and uh, established himself as one of the Blue Jays' top prospects. And I think that's going to continue again this year when you're looking at him now just coming into really his second full season as a minor leaguer. Uh, he's a guy who I think they need to be patient with. You don't want to push him too much because he's already, uh, you know, come along quickly in a short period of time. You want to take your time with this guy, but he's someone who really has an awful lot of upside. And uh, to me, at the end of the season, you're going to probably be talking about this guy as uh, the Blue Jays' top overall prospect. Yeah, and he played, uh, as far as the football goes, he was actually a quarterback as well, played at, yeah. at Southern Mississippi. Um, when you think about two seasons where he was only a part-time baseball player, probably lost, I'm just estimating, maybe 500, 600 at-bats that he could have had. And that's, I think, the biggest thing is is just those reps and being in the batter's box and, and facing live pitching. So what is the time frame for this guy? He's 21, so he's still very young because they, you know he's obviously in the system out of high school. Is this a guy that we could see in 2017, 2018? Yeah, I think you're probably looking at, at probably the as a guy who doesn't factor in at the very start of 2017, but a guy who could become a factor uh, at some point during that year. And then you're probably looking at uh, potentially auditioning for a full-time role in 2018. And, uh, you know, his, his presence inside this organization is going to be pretty crucial because the Blue Jays aren't that far off from having a lot of uncertainty in the outfield with Jose Batista just having one, <clears throat> one more year left on his deal. And even if the Jays were to find a way to extend Batista's contract, uh, at some point in time, uh, he's probably not going to be able to play right field on a full-time basis and may have to go to first base, may have to do some DH. That's, that's going to open up another spot in the Blue Jays' outfield. And Alford's got a very strong arm. Uh, he's, he projects right now as a center fielder, but he's a guy who you could also easily slot over to right field and, and form a future part of the, the outfield with with Kevin Pillar in, in, in center field and, and maybe even Dalton Pompey in left. So uh, the Jays do kind of have a secondary plan now, and, uh, I think Alford's a guy who, you know, after what we've seen from him over the last 12 months, he obviously has to keep it going. Uh, but they really do love that upside, and, and now you can kind of slot him in now a couple years down the road. It is interesting. The Blue Jays have given up a lot of prospects, and the system's maybe not as deep as some, but the good news is it does seem like the prospects play the right positions where they're not going to be blocked and where there's a need there going forward in the next couple of years. So certainly 
They they haven't given away the guys that they're going to definitely need in a couple of years. That's going to do it for another one of our MLB.com Extras Blue Jays podcast. Thanks a lot, Gregor Chisholm, for the time, as always. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.